The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome back to Beck UL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Kate Constable here with you. And joining us now is Evan Giddings on the afternoon drive on KGMZ in San Francisco, here to help us preview the 49ers and the Seahawks. Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And you will be celebrating Thanksgiving as we will be watching the 49ers and the Seahawks. San Francisco's a seven-point favorite here on the road with a total of 43 and a half. How are you playing it? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on from a selfish perspective. It's really nice out here on the West Coast to have that nightcap at around five o'clock, about the time you're unloosening mm-hmm. your belt, getting the second you know plate of stuffing in. It's just going to be a good time for everyone on Turkey Day. So that's first and foremost. Uh, secondly, I-, I think this is a game that, look, the 49ers have reason to believe that they are the best team in football. Uh, with the way that they are constructed at full health, I think this is a team that has and an understanding of what the goal is, which is the end of the season, which sometimes can make a game like this on a short week and a tough venue, a little difficult to play. But to me, I got a hard time betting against this 49ers team at full strength. I know they just lost their, their strong safety talent Ufanga for the season for an ACL. Uh, but this is a Seahawks team. That's also pretty banged up perhaps at the quarterback position as well. Um, so even though it's been historically a tough place to play, I think they've won three out of their last 11 games in Seattle. I still like the 49ers to cover the seven in this game. Yeah, the 49ers have been pretty dominant against the Seahawks uh, as of late. You know, swept them last year, put up some big numbers against them. What is it about this matchup that San Francisco has been able to take advantage of and have so much success with? Well, I I think it starts over the middle of the field. And when you're talking about Brock Purdy and his ability to dissect defenses, it's those layered passes right over the top of the linebackers in between the secondary. And 
When you have Christian McCaffrey, he demands attention from everyone. So there's going to be eight in the box for the Seahawks. Uh, I think those linebackers are ones that Kyle Shanahan will try to pick on. Bobby Wagner is a future Hall of Famer, but at this point in his career in pass protection or pass coverage has not been what he once was. And so I think the 49ers will really try to use utilize that intermediate kind of 15 to 20 yard range that we saw Brock Purdy pretty much pick apart both Jacksonville as well as Tampa Bay with. So you know, for, for me, I, I think it's just it's really difficult to game plan for this Niners offense when they have the combination of Ayuk, Samuel, uh, McCaffrey, and of course, Kittle. You just have always an extra weapon on the field that not everyone can be accounted for. And when Kyle Shanahan's got his full chest of toys, uh, he's like a mad scientist on the sideline. And it's just really hard to game plan for him. When you look at that quartet uh, who you've already listed off, who do you feel like is the likeliest to go over his receiving props, whether it's yards, receptions, anything like that? Well, after what Brandon Ayuk did last week, I think he had five for 156. Kittle has had a lot of big plays in recent weeks. The guy that I'm looking at is Debo Samuel. And I think it's because the Seahawks understand, maybe better than most just because it's a divisional game, that they're going to try and get after the quarterback and the ball is going to have to come out quick. One thing that I think that the Seahawks could do with a better defensive line this year um, is attack a, a relatively weak offensive line right now. Aaron Banks, the left guard, is going to be out probably for this game. Spencer Burford has been a limited participant all week in the other guard position. So you're down a couple of offensive linemen on an offensive line that was already maybe the most compromised group on this team. So for me, that means Brock Purdy's got to get the ball out quick. And who's the guy that gets to gets the ball outside of his running back? It's Debo Samuel. So when number 19 is near the line of scrimmage, I think he's a guy that's going to be getting active after the catch. And for me, if I'm looking at any of those four guys, I guess the, the three receivers, including Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel's the one I got my eyes on. Looking at the total here, 43 and a half. Uh, the Seahawks, they have a banged up Geno Smith, no Kenneth Walker Jr., how many points realistically are you thinking they're going to get on the board today? Is it going to be enough where this total can go over this afternoon? I think the only path to victory for Seattle is a shootout. And so from if you if you like Seattle in this game, I think you play the over. But for me, I'm, I'm taking the under in this game. I think the Niners have a defense right now that is playing some of its best football. Uh, the addition of Chase Young a couple of weeks ago has done wonders for the likes of Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Javon Hargrave up front. And when you get one-on-ones with those defensive linemen, they become very difficult to stop. And so you know, five sacks last week, a couple of sacks the week before against Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a defense that is starting to figure out how to get pressure on quarterbacks. And Geno Smith is one that although is a little mobile to me is not one that's going to be able to skate the likes of those four elite pass rushers when they get to pin their ears back. So I, I lean the, the the seven for the Niners in this game, as well as the under, because I, I just find it difficult to believe that the Seahawks are going to be able to put up a bunch of points. This is a slight digression uh, from the game itself, but I'm curious the way the 49ers are constructed, why they've had so much success, say, against the Dallas Cowboys and other really good teams in the NFC. Uh, what is it about this team to where no matter the matchup against really good competition, they always find a way to win or almost always find a way to win? 
Sure. I mean, I, I think it starts with the head coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has always been someone to keep you in football games. Now, the question is, has he been a head coach to, in the biggest of games, either close out or help you come back? And that's a question he still has to answer and why everyone's looking forward to the postseason when it comes to the 49ers. But in regular season affairs, I mean, you go back to week five, Sunday night football, that Dallas Cowboys team got absolutely decimated. And at the time was the number one or number two ranked defense in football. To me, it's because when the 49ers offensively get ahead, when they play with the script, they are, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful term, but they are the best front runners in football. If you find yourselves down by 10 points, the 49ers, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because you're pretty much guessing defensively the entirety of the game. When you have someone like Christian McCaffrey that can get busy out of the backfield or can run routes out of the backfield, you're just simply sitting there saying, I do not know what this offense is going to throw at me. And Brock Purdy, to his credit, has been probably, I would say, the most elite you know, pre-snap quarterback of understanding where the ball needs to go. And that's the reason why you look up at virtually every quarterback metric and this dude is at the top of it or near of it. And last week is coming off a perfect passer rating. I think right now this offense at full strength will hum against any football team. And the question is, can they stay healthy? Because that to me is their biggest question if you're looking at the big boys they're going to have to face, including tonight against Seattle, but also specifically next week in Philadelphia. So Brock Purdy, 13 to one to win MVP. We've had this conversation throughout the show. Uh, I know Ed and the crew, the usual weekday crew talk about it all the time. Is there a case for Purdy to win MVP this season? There is. And I think it's because of, you know, the, the lack of other elite quarterback play. I mean, Brock Purdy has been absolutely fantastic and you look at the body of work i know people will pinpoint those three weeks in which they fell to the browns the vikings as well as the Bengals. but if you look at his body of work nobody is playing at a higher level efficiency wise than brock purdy if you're talking about completion percentage number one you're talking about passer rating number one you're talking about qbr number one so when Brock Purdy has everyone at his disposal in which he's got Debo Samuel back, he's got his left tackle, Trent Williams, um, he looks like he's just a maestro back there in the pocket. If you give him even a little bit of time, this is a guy that's going to be able to move the ball aggressively down the field. Number one passer as far as air yards, 20 plus down the field. So he can activate a different kind of dynamic of this offense that we haven't seen before. And that comes to, you know, his his credit, his, certainly his doorstep when it comes to credit, but also for Brock Purdy, when it comes to the MVP conversation, he's going to be on a team that's going to be there and competing for the one seed. So if you're looking at wins, you're looking at production, and you're looking at value, now might be the time to hop on number 13's train when you're talking about the MVP. Couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, also, the metrics out there that are indicative and predictive when it comes to MVP, Purdy's leading that as well. And you can't just ignore that because maybe you didn't believe in him at the start of the season or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he has taken several steps forward this season. So completely agree there's some good value there. Uh, also, too, when we're talking about Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey with the second shortest odds at plus 175. I get we're in this era where we don't, want to believe in running backs but i do wonder if voters say you know what we still want running backs to matter and christian mccaffrey has been the best one in football this year do you feel like at plus 175 there's a good case to be made for making that bet uh or maybe the number isn't quite right but he should still win the honor 
Well, Christian McCaffrey is probably the biggest detractor to Brock Purdy's MVP case because I think a lot of people believe that number 23 is the cog that makes that machine go. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at the guy in front of him, it's it, it's hard to overstate the impact that a guy like Tyreek Hill has had. If there is going to be a running back that's in that conversation, it will and should be Christian McCaffrey because as much as the devaluation of the position has been a big storyline in recent years. The guy who is the exception to the rule is Christian McCaffrey. And the only thing that has stopped him from producing at an all pro and elite level throughout his career, not just in San Francisco, has been injury. So outside of two seasons, Christian McCaffrey has been the best running back in football pretty much since he stepped into the league. If you look at what he's done so far. And this season, I see no reason to believe that he can't continue to do the same thing. And he's in an offense that complements him and his skill set complements them. This is a Kyle Shanahan led offense that even though they do have some other capable running backs, Debo Samuel can get busy out of the backfield. It all runs through Christian McCaffrey. So he's going to get his 20 to 25 touches per game. He's probably going to find his way into the end zone tonight. If not once, then maybe twice. And I expect him to continue to do that throughout the season. So at the end of the year, you're looking up and the 49ers are a two seed potentially they got you know reason to believe they might be able to get to the one and Christian McCaffrey is leading you know virtually every running category by a long shot I I, I mean I think 175 right now the juice is is maybe a little high uh but if that slips at all I would pounce on that in an in an instant Evan the other games we have uh today Lions and Packers starting in what is it about an hour here? Um, yeah. Any play in that game? This line's all the way up to it. Lions minus eight and a half now. Is is that a doable number for them to cover? I think it is. And look, I also think too that the Packers are riding high off of a, a late, you know, rally against the Chargers at home. Big win for them. I don't know how much it necessarily moves the needle as far as the division, but it does give them hope for a playoff shot. Uh, but I think the Detroit Lions are. I mean, I know everyone talks about Philadelphia and San Francisco and Dallas because those are the teams that have been there before. But this is a Lions team that I think is built to win in the trenches and perhaps even in the playoffs because of how good that running game is. So eight and a half to me, it might seem a little high to most. I don't think it is. If I, if I was to play a side in this game, it would be the Lions minus eight and a half. How about the Cowboys and the Commanders? Uh, this line is continuing to move to, to something outrageous. Uh, we're now up to 13 and a half uh, for the Cowboys. Mm. What do you like there? Uh, I, I might be bucking a trend a little bit. Um, I know the Cowboys, when they've been two touchdown favorites, have, I think, covered both. Uh, but I, I like Washington in this game. I, I When I've continued to watch Sam Howell play with – honestly not a lot around him especially on the defensive side of the football he finds a way to keep you in games and anytime you got a gunslinger that I know that it was a terrible loss last week to the Giants and and to a Tommy DeVito led offense but I just I think what Washington does is drag teams into the mud that are better than them and I think they play to their level of competition and so I think against a team like Dallas in a division game this is one that the Cowboys will win but I could see a late backdoor cover here. I could see the Washington Commanders just sticking within a touchdown for the majority of the game. I like them to cover the plus 13 and a half. That's that's too many points for me. How about CeeDee Lamb props? That's something that uh, I'm on. I think Ed is also on it in some way, shape, or form. Would you would you target a CD, you know, receiving yards over, receptions, anytime touchdown, anything for him? 
Yeah, I mean, CD Lamb the last few weeks, number 88 has just pretty much rolled out of bed and <laughs> has walked into a buck 20 as far as receiving. And, and and it's it's awesome now to see Dak Prescott, the level that he's playing at. I think a lot of 49ers fans out here in the Bay have kind of dismissed him just because of the week five dud as well as the divisional game last year. But Dak Prescott, it, you know, we're talking about MVP odds. Um, I don't think he'll win it, but he's someone you could look at as well with how he's throwing the football and the numbers that that offense is putting up. And it's all pretty much been running through CeeDee Lamb. So I would like the over on yards. Uh, to me, anytime touchdown, I, I know he's been active in the end zone lately, but yeah, I, I would probably focus elsewhere as far as value is concerned. But the over on receiving yards, I would absolutely hammer when it comes to CeeDee Lamb because – it feels like, especially against a secondary that's pretty compromised, defensive line that hasn't gotten pressure since they dealt two of their best rushers. Um, I think it's going to be a long day in the secondary for Washington, and it's probably going to be because of number 88. Got about 60 seconds left here with the 49ers playing tonight. How does that impact this year's Thanksgiving plans for you? <laughs> um well actually after i hop off here i'll head down to uh to the radio station gonna do our, our pre-game show three-hour pre-game show from two o'clock up until five o'clock pacific time and then i'll i'll hop off i get a chance to to roll back to the house watch the game i'll have a plate of food hopefully ready for me but really honestly i'm just looking for that sweet potato pie i mean just give me all the yams give me mm. some of the stuffing and give me the sweet potato pie that's what i'm looking forward to and hopefully a niners win and a cover Nicely done. Sweet potato pie underrated on the power rankings. Nicely done. Evan Giddings on the afternoon drive on KGMZ in San Francisco. Thank you so much for your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next are lightning bets right here on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus